0: Hmm. Recorded live.
1: Welcome to Evolution Revolution with Dulcinea. It is Thursday, January twenty second, two thousand and nine. Manifestation acknowledges you as the creator in alignment with the infinite universe, resulting in an array of possibilities and when aligned with one's inner desires, can result in the most memorable and miraculous. Evolution Revolution is focused on offering the listeners intuitive and balanced information that fosters transformation both personally and globally, ultimately raising the consciousness on planet Earth. I am a metaphysician, clairvoyant, and clairaudient intuitive, writer, public speaker, personal advisor to visionaries, leader, and spiritual teacher. Please explore more on my website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. Thank you for joining the show this evening, wherever you may be listening. Tonight on Evolution Revolution, I am honored to have an appearance from two very special guests, Arielle Ford during the first half hour and Peggy McCall during the second half hour. Arielle Ford has mastered the art of making things happen, a nationally recognized publicist and marketing expert, producer, author, and consultant. She has catapulted many authors and celebrities to stardom and enormously facilitated the rapid growth of the self-help and human potential movement in the U.S. As the former president and founder of the Four Group, a successful public relations and marketing firm, she helped launch the careers of Deepak Chopra, Jack Canfield, and Mark Victor Hansen, creators of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, and Neil Donald Walsh, author of Conversations with God. She has also handled publicity for several best-selling authors, including Wayne Dyer, Dean Ornish, Debbie Ford, Gary Zukoff, Marianne Williamson, Louise Hay, Don Miguel Ruiz, Kenny Loggins, and many other notable authors, 11 of whom became num- number one on the New York Times bestseller list. As one of the nation's leading publicists, Arielle compiled her knowledge and expertise in the industry to create a 25-audio CD and resource guide, Everything You Should Know About Publishing, Publicity, and Building a Platform, which can be found on the Internet at www.everythingyoushouldknow.com. It is a favorite among first-time authors and has received rave reviews. As one of the founding partners of the Spiritual Cinema Circle, a DVD club dedicated to movies about love and compassion, Ariel created unique marketing and affiliate strategies that added to the success of the company. Ariel is also the co-producer of Deepak Chopra's Happiness Prescription, a new PBS pledge show that aired nationally in March of 2008. Ariel lives in La Jolla, California with her husband and soulmate, Brian Hilliard and their feline friends. In her spare time, she raises money for Just Like My Child.org, reads historical thrillers, loves traveling, and truly believes there is enough love in the world for everyone. Arielle is also the author of seven books herself, including the popular Hot Chocolate for the Mystical Soul series. Her latest book, The Soulmate Secret Manifests the Love of Your Life with the law of attraction was released this month by Harper one by using the law of attraction finding true love is possible for anyone at any age if you're willing to prepare yourself to become a magnet for love welcome Mario. it's a pleasure to have you this evening on evolution revolution
2: thank you Dulcinea.
1: Wonderful. So how did you personally use the manifestation principles and techniques that you offer in the Soulmate Secret to attract the love of your life?
2: I had started using manifestation techniques 20 years ago in my career and found that they just worked brilliantly. I used them in every part of my life except my love life for a really long time. And then when I got into my early 40s, I thought, God, I wonder if this will work for my romantic side as well as money and career and health and fitness. And it did. It worked brilliantly. I took the whole concept of visualizations and sort of tweaked it a little bit and renamed them feelingizations. Because for me, what I discovered, just visualizing something didn't always work. I needed to be able to feel in every cell of my body that what I was desiring was already mine and put myself into a feeling state of already having it. So I used feelingizations. I created a very detailed list. I created a treasure map or a vision board. I did all kinds of prayers and rituals and feng shui and clearing techniques, moving out negative energy from my home and my heart and In a relatively short amount of time, I manifested Brian, who I've now been married to, for nearly 11 years.
1: What an exciting result. (laughs) Well,
2: it hasn't just worked for me. It's worked for dozens of my friends, including your next guest, Peggy McCall. She shares her story of manifesting her soulmate in my book. And it's also worked for my 80-year-old mother-in-law. So it's, you know, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And I've got lots of evidence that it works for everybody.
1: Yes, throughout the book, you offer feelingizations, which are techniques to really help each person to tap into that manifestation power through rituals, like you had mentioned, the feng shui, clearing the space of the self, and of course, the home and the car. So what is the most important first step in, I, I, in exercising yeah. these concepts?
2: Well, there's, there's a couple of important first steps. I mean, you want to start from fresh ground. So if you've just come out of a bad relationship or a series of bad relationships, you need to heal yourself of the past heartbreak, which often means forgiving yourself and forgiving others. So we start the, the soulmate secret off with several different forgiveness processes. And if you're really deeply wounded and you've manifested the same bad relationship over and over again, then I really suggest you get some professional counseling or some therapy because you don't want to do what my sister calls putting ice cream on top of poop. (laughs) These are powerful, powerful techniques, and you will manifest a soulmate. But if you haven't healed the past, you could manifest somebody who's just going to give you more of the same, which is not, not the goal here. And then once you're ready, once you've cleared out the clutter in your heart, then it's time to clear out the clutter in your home. And I can always tell when somebody's really serious about manifesting a soulmate, if they're willing to make some space in their closet, like literally make six inches of open space in the closet, clean out a couple of empty drawers, and, and make the nightstand on the other side of the bed available available. Because by having this empty space, you're telling the universe that you are willing and ready to share your life with somebody else. So if you're thinking, oh, my God, there's not even room in the closet for my clothes, you may also want to look and see, is this the right time for me to be manifesting a soulmate? Because maybe it's not, and timing's a really important part of it. Once you get to that point, you can get into the fun projects, which are making a very, very detailed list of the – traits and qualities you would like your soulmate to have and the kind of life that you would like to share with them so along with putting down things that are going to be complementary to you such as having somebody who's at the same level of fitness and activity that you're at if you're a couch potato you're not going to want somebody who's training for a triathlon right and if you're a triathlete you're not going to want a couch potato so you want to put everything into this list and Generally, I tell everyone that the first two items on your list should be the same for everybody. The first item is you're asking for somebody who is available and willing to participate in a deep, loving, committed relationship. And if you're gay, you want to ask specifically for somebody who's gay. If you're straight, you want to ask specifically for somebody who's straight. And I say this only because I had a friend once who made a very detailed list, and the guy who showed up who was everything on her list was gay. And she actually thought she could change him, but she couldn't. And then the second item on your list should be about geography. And if you, let's say I live in San Diego, so I wanted somebody who would be willing to live in San Diego if they didn't already. And this is important because I know another woman who manifested a guy who was everything on her list except she lived in Columbus, Ohio, and he lived in Sydney, Australia. So those are number one and two for everybody's list. And then you get really specific. So for my list, I wanted somebody who was affectionate, warm, loving, kind, loved cats, generous, uh, liked to hike, hang out on the beach, and travel to exotic countries. And I even put on my list that I wanted somebody with gray hair uh, because I've always been drawn to men with gray hair. And not only did I get everything on my list, I got stuff I didn't even know to ask for. It just worked so well. And then once you've got your list in hand, I suggest that you do a ritual to release the list to the to the universe. And for myself, I decided that I wanted to release my list on a Friday because that is the day of Venus and Aphrodite, the goddesses of love. And I did it on a day of a new moon and I burned my list and then I Let the Ashes Go, down at the La Jolla Cove, which is a beautiful little beach. And then I took myself out to lunch and had a glass of champagne and toasted my soulmate wherever he was, knowing that he was coming. If you don't want to burn the list, and some people just don't get the burning thing, you can also uh, write it out on a beautiful piece of stationery and then fold it up and put it inside of a pink or red helium balloon and say a prayer and release it to the heavens. Or you could do what my friend Danielle did, which was to take this beautifully written list, put it in a pink envelope, and then stick it under the mattress. You know, So there's lots of ways to release the list. And the purpose of this is to symbolically let go and trust that your beloved is on the way. And you can also keep a draft of it somewhere, too, so you can remember when he shows up, you can check off what actually did come. <laughs> and then once you've got your list released, I suggest making a treasure map or what, people call a vision board, which is taking images and words out of magazines that represent the future that you're creating, so that it's a daily visual reminder. Not something you're obsessing over, but just a subconscious reminder of the life that you're creating. And I find these vision boards to be incredibly powerful. I always have two or three up in my office, and I keep them up until I've manifested everything on them, and then they go in the garage, and there's several in the garage because I don't need them anymore. I got everything that was on them. And then there are lots of other fun projects you can do. Uh, We have a whole section on feathering the nest and getting your home ready and doing feng shui. We've got a whole section on uh, letting go of energetic hooks because whenever we're in an intimate relationship with somebody, We put positive and negative hooks into each other. And in order to manifest new love, it's important to dissolve all the past hooks. And so there are processes for doing that. And then we get to my favorite part of the soulmate secret, which is living as if. And what that really means is once you have put your soulmate list out there, you've feathered the nest, you know that he's on the way or she's on the way, it's time to start acting as if you really believed it. So if I said to you, Dulcinea, I guarantee you that in 90 days your soulmate's walking through the door, chances are you would be a little bit happier. You would be smiling more. You might be buying greeting cards when you're at the drugstore that you're going to give to this beloved someday. You might be buying tickets to concerts or plays that are coming up in the future, knowing that you're going to attend with them. You might even do what one woman I know did, which was every time she cooked herself dinner, she cooked a beautiful dinner for two, set the table, lit candles, played music, and within a very short amount of time, her soulmate was joining her at the dinner table. So that's what I mean by living as if. And then the last section of it is what I call savoring the waiting. It's about really enjoying your life 100%, full out, knowing and trusting that you already have a great life and that your soulmate's on the way to you. So that's sort of the big overview of what's in the soulmate secret.
1: So you had mentioned about feathering the nest. and What do you mean by that? I think a lot of people don't recognize the importance of that element in manifestation.
2: Well, you want your home to be ready. I mean, if if you're, let's say you're a single person and your soulmate knocked on the door tonight at 7 p.m., is your home ready? You know, really, is it ready? Uh, do you have pictures all over the house of your ex? You know, do you have clutter that you would get rid of if you knew they were on the way? Are you still sleeping in the same bed or the same sheets that you slept in with your ex husband? So it's about preparation, it's about making the space that you reside in, as beautiful and as welcoming and as clean as you would have it be if you knew for certain they were on the way. So that's what I mean by that.
1: You have mentioned creating, becoming the magnet to create this for yourself or for oneself. And you mentioned a lot of techniques that really go into creating love and light within oneself to attract that love and light within another. And you, go, you use these techniques throughout the book through the rituals, exercises, and even the soulmate IQ test. And, and so what for you triggered that idea that you had to become love to attract that love? And how can others grab that message?
2: You know, I'm not sure where I first got the idea for that, and it may have been that it was something I heard over and over again that that we're the ones that we're waiting for, but I realized that that I really wanted to open my heart as much as possible and to give as much love to the people around me as I could as a practice to having my soulmate be in my life. So I created this feelingization for myself called turning on the heart light where every afternoon, I would sit down and I would meditate and I would focus on the area around my heart and I would see it opening like a lotus blossom and I would see light shining from it. And I would try to consciously remember to silently beam love to the people that were around me, to give more love to myself and to others. And what I noticed when I was consciously doing this is that I was a very popular girl. People are naturally drawn to you, and you get very attractive when you're practicing beaming love to other people. They respond to it. There is a magnetism that occurs. And the Institute of HeartMath has done research on this, and they've actually proven that when you are in what they call heart rate variability, when you do focus on the area around your heart, you send out this energy I think it's something like 16 feet outside of your actual body, other people can feel this, this field of love. Uh, and you can look that up online. It's at heartmath.com. They have all the research there. So, um, you know, I could be in a state of I'm too old, I'm too fat, I'm too ugly, nobody wants me, and hope to manifest a soulmate that way. Or I could do it from... You know, life's great, I'm wonderful, and I'm going to love everybody, and then see what works.
1: Very empowering. So once someone has done that self-footwork, the self-aspects, how would they then begin to identify a soulmate as they enter their lives?
2: When you're with your soulmate, you know it. There's, not, there's no question, is he or isn't he, is she or isn't he. You know, once you've gotten very clear about the kind of person you want to spend your life with, then, you know, it's very simple to say, oh, well, do they have the qualities that I've asked for that I need? And how do I feel when I'm with them? Can I completely, utterly be myself with them? Do they love me unconditionally? Do I love them unconditionally? When I look into their eyes, do I have the feeling, the sensation of being at home? You know, my husband calls it, he takes it down to very guy kind of equations. You know, he said in in regular math, 1 plus 1 equals 2. But when you're with your soulmate, 1 plus 1 equals 10 because every part of your life gets so much better.
1: That is so exciting. So we are talking with Arielle Ford, author of The Soulmate Secret. You can find her on the web at www.soulmatesecret.com. Com. So with, with the fear of missing it, I think many people that we talk to today in the world have this fear that when their soulmate arrives, they're going to miss it because of some, something might happen. So why do you think so many people struggle with finding their true love?
2: I think that a lot of people are addicted to suffering, and they don't know that they're addicted to suffering. They're just you know, they're stuck in what Deepak Chopra calls a negative feedback loop, where this is how it is, this is how it's always going to be. And there's a level at which they're unwilling to take responsibility for the fact that you can change your life. You know, my friend Marcy Scheimoff wrote this beautiful book called Happy for No Reason. And in it, she has all the latest scientific research that proves that we are born with a happiness set point. It's like you've probably heard that we're born with a weight set point, the weight at which we'll almost always go to unless we're trying to change it. And they've proven that you can change your happiness set point. So I did not grow up, you know, a happy, cheerful little girl. I was prone to very dark, deep depressions. And I I saw psychiatrists when I was young, and I was medicated when I was young. But I decided I was not going to live my life on medication or being depressed and I literally taught myself to be happy, and I learned how to be happy, and that, it took a lot of work. I did therapy. I had to change the way I ate, the foods that I ate, and the supplements that I took, and I did a whole spiritual path around it. And then one day I woke up, and it was no longer work at all. It just became who I was. It became very natural. And it's, it's like that with love. You start with loving yourself first. And, of course, you know, if you don't really like yourself, it's going to take some time. But you, it's like a muscle. You you exercise it every day. You do a little bit more every day. I was talking to Dr. Christiane Northrup yesterday, and she was talking about the same subject. And she said, whenever you walk past a mirror, you should blow yourself a kiss. Isn't that beautiful? Mm, blow yeah. yourself a kiss whenever you go past a mirror. And I started something years ago after I saw Billy Crystal on Saturday Night Live where he was always saying, you look marvelous. Uh-huh. So <laughs> now whenever I pass a mirror, I stop and I look at myself and I go, you look marvelous.
1: A <laughs> uh-huh. definite smile. Yeah, oh, uh-huh. It's
2: really fun. It adds some humor to the day. and. You know, I'm at an age in my life where I can't see too well without my glasses, and most of the time I don't wear my glasses. So when I do look in the mirror, I I do look great. I think I look fabulous.
1: Ah, And that's what matters. (laughs) That's so wonderful. So in the book, on this topic, you do an amazing job in the Savor the Waiting chapter um, of including a love letter from God that you had received more than 20 years ago. Mm hmm And I thought maybe you could share just an idea of that. I'll let people get the book to actually read the love letter from God because it's an absolute beautiful excerpt.
2: I never found out who wrote that. Uh, Somebody had given it to me and I kept it and, and, uh, and then of course I lost it and then when I was working on the book I had a researcher helping me and I said, listen, somewhere out there there's this love letter from God. You have to find it for me and she was able to but it's this Really, really, I'll just read the first couple of lines. It says, Dear One, everyone longs to give themselves completely to someone, to have a deep soul relationship with another, to be loved thoroughly and exclusively. But I say no, not until you're satisfied, fulfilled, and content with being alone, with giving yourself totally and unreservedly to me, will you be ready to have the intensely personal and unique relationship that I have planned for you. And it goes on and on and on. And it's just, I remember that letter giving me so much hope years ago when I was wondering would I ever find my soulmate. And knowing that at the right time when I was ready, you know, it would happen. And it did. How would you describe a soulmate? I think I probably described it a couple times already. But just...
1: It's really important, I think, that people tune into what that is because the word is so over... It's, it's You're describing the true authentic essence of soulmate, but I think the word is so stereotypical that I really want people to walk away from the hour knowing what your intentions in the soulmate secret are for what a soulmate is since it's such a unique perspective.
2: Yeah, I really believe a soulmate is someone you can totally be yourself with. I think that that soulmates come in different forms. So in the soulmate secret, we're talking about a love relationship, but I also believe you can have a best friend who's a soulmate. I think Oprah and Gayle King are a perfect example of that. I think uh, a parent and a child can have a soulmate connection. So it's not always a sexual relationship. It's just somebody with whom you have this deep, intimate bond, and you're there for each other. You know, if you were... dolphin it would be your pod you know so I think we come into this world with many soulmates and I know there are people think oh no there's only one there's one and only and you know if they leave me or I leave them that's its last chance but that's not true you know there's three and a half billion people on the planet and we all get more than one my grandmother always said there's a lid for every pot and I have found that to be absolutely true
1: So how do we know when we're ready for big love?
2: You know, I think you have to sort of examine your life and first ask yourself, is this the right time? Do I have time to nourish another soul in my life? You know, if you're a single mom with four kids and you're working two jobs, you know, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Only you can answer that question. Uh, are you willing to make time for somebody else's needs and desires? Um, The closet test is my favorite one. Are you willing to share your closet? Are you willing to make some room?
1: Especially for women. (laughs) Especially for
2: women. I had one friend who said, oh, she was just appalled that I was suggesting that she make room in her closet. You know, know, she's 52 and she's still single after she was divorced 20 years ago because she's not willing to make room. And and it it doesn't mean that you're wrong if you're not, because I also believe in divine timing. So if you're not willing to make room, you might, if you'd like, take it as a sign that it's not just the right time for you, that maybe there are other things you need to accomplish first. Um, And there's no time limit. Like I said earlier, my 80-year-old mother-in-law used these very powerful techniques to manifest a new soulmate when she was 80. You know, if you're whatever age you are right now, if you if you've got a big plate full of stuff you have to do, ease up on yourself. Give yourself permission to not be, you know, in a relationship right now to do the things you need to do and when the time is right you'll know it.
1: So with some powered intention, action and self love, patience and positive expectation, our soulmate secret can arrive. That's a very good summation. So what are three things that our listeners can do in the coming week to begin putting into practice some of these principles that we've been discussing?
2: Um, I would first look and see, who do I need to forgive besides yourself? You always need, if, you need some, if you need to forgive somebody else, then you need to forgive yourself as well. And write a letter to that person. You do not have to mail it. But just write a letter to them and explain, you know, whatever the situation was for you and tell them that you forgive them. Even if you don't 100% mean it, fake it till you make it. Just pretend that you mean it. And then write another letter from them to you. Imagine what it was like for them being with you. <laughs> It'll give you a whole new perspective on it. And the next step would be really start writing a list of, of the traits and qualities you want this person to have and you want your life with them to have and start working on this list. And then the third thing I would say is start looking for who and how you can give more love in your life right now. How can you be more loving to yourself and who around you can you give more love to? And if you just start right there, I think you'll see some movement in the right direction.
1: Thank you so much, Arielle. I appreciate it kindly for your time and your expertise. You can find Arielle on the web at www.soulmatesecret.com, also at www.everythingyoushouldknow.com, and lastly, www.fordsisters.com. Again, the book is The Soulmate Secret, Manifest the Love of Your Life with the Law of Attraction. Thank you so much for everything. It's been a pleasure to speak with you this evening. All right. Take care. All right. right. Take care. Bye. So during the next half hour on Evolution Revolution, we will explore a great conversation with Peggy McCall about her book, Be a Dog with a Bone, Always Go for Your Dreams, which offers the dogma for success. It is time to dig up your dreams, lap up your success, and roll in the bliss. Peggy McCall is a New York Times bestselling author and an internationally recognized expert in the area of goal achievement. Her personal mission is to make a positive contribution to the lives of millions of others. She is the president and founder of Dynamic Destinies Incorporated and the author of six books, which have been translated into numerous languages and sold in more than 30 countries across the globe to include On Being the Creator of Your Destiny, The Eight Proven Secrets to Smart Success, The New York Times Bestseller, Your Destiny Switch, 21 Distinctions of Wealth, The One Thing to be released this September, and tonight we'll be discussing Be a Dog with a Bone, Always Go for Your Dreams. Peggy is also the creator of several audio programs and e-courses to include Magnet for Money Platinum Edition and Turn Fear into Faith, among several other fantastic tools and resources that can be found on her website at www.destinies.com. Peggy is the host of Hay House Radio Show called Attracting Abundance, which can be heard each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. She feels blessed to say that her work has been endorsed by some of the most renowned experts in the personal development field, including Neil Donna Walsh, Bob Proctor, Jack Canfield, Debbie Ford, Marianne Williamson, Greg Braden, and many others. Welcome, Peggy. Thank you for appearing on Evolution Revolution this
0: evening. We're honored to have you. Well, I'm honored to be here to co-serve with you, Delcenia. Thank you so much. Thank you. So what was your moment of
1: inspiration that led you to write the book, Be a Dog with a Bone, Always Go for Your
0: Dreams? I remember this moment like it was yesterday. (laughs) A number of years ago, I had a dream to write a book. And I graduated from high school and I went straight to work. So I I wasn't educated. I didn't have formal education. I didn't have a degree in journalism. I just had a dream. And the dream was to write a book. And so I began the process of discovering what do I need to do and how do I need to do this. And while I held on tight to that dream, even though I didn't know what I was to do or how to accomplish the task, I pursued anyway and I found people that could help me and I felt fear but I took action anyways and I just asked when I needed help. And what I found is that a lot of people would tell me why I couldn't do it or even some family members would say things like, you're going to write a book. And so I didn't have the support from others when I shared in this dream. Another thing that I noticed as I was pursuing this dream is because I didn't know what I was doing and didn't know anything about the book industry, there were times when I felt like just letting the dream go. But I didn't. I held on tight. And so I was at the book launch for my very first book on being the creator of your destiny. And it was at the Crown Plaza Hotel downtown several hundred people there, and I was giving a speech. And during the speech, I had said that, you know, writing this book reminded me of my childhood dog named Peppy. And she had this little rawhide bone, and she'd grab a hold of her little bone, and I'd try and take it away from her, and she wouldn't let it go. I mean, she just sink her teeth in harder. And I would drag that little doggie around the room by the bone. I mean, she just wasn't letting go. And it became like a game for her. And it reminded me when I was pursuing the dream of writing the book that I had become a dog with a bone. And so I was giving the speech and I had announced that now I'm a dog with a bone. And maybe I should have called this book on being a dog with a bone rather than on being the creator of your destiny. And really, our dogs do have a lot to teach us. Anyways, I went on with my speech and the presentation, and we had a lot of entertainment and other speakers that were there. And a little bit later, some people in the audience came up to me and said, Peggy, you've got to write that book. And I said, what book? They said, that book about being a dog with a bone. I said, I was kidding. I was just sharing a story. And they said, no, 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 you have to write that book. And that was the moment where the inspiration of the idea was planted And then later that evening, I began the work. I began to do the research, and and that's how it was born.
1: Wow, what an inspiration. So that is an exciting thing, and I think that the book offers so much relatability for us who love our furry creatures (laughs) and can really take the concepts and make them very digestible. So the metaphor of be a dog with a bone is just fantastic. So how can people learn? from A Dog with a Bone, to hold on to their dreams single-mindedly?
0: Well, you know, we we think of dogs and, and I mean, they're very playful in nature. They've got a lo- lot of love to give. And, of course, in Be a Dog with a Bone, there's many, many, many lessons. And the premise and the, the real main message of, of the book is to be that dog with a bone, you know, to just... Think of that characteristic of how a dog will, you know, grab on tight and hold on to something and not let go. And now what I really want to say is that being a dog with a bone is not part, part of that is not growling, biting, snapping, barking, or mistreating any other human being. That's not it at all. Nor does it mean that you be needy, jealous, boastful, envious, or inflexible. Or forgetting about what's most important to you. Dogged determination really means holding on to what you most value as well as working in a very, very positive way to make your dreams come true. So it's not really an unhealthy attachment. It's a detachment. It's a detachment to the goal. It's saying, I have an intention. This is what I desire. And I'm going to go about it in a very loving way. There's a chapter in Be a Dog with a Bone called Drool Unto Others, as you would drool unto yourself. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go about this with a the, with the very loving nature, with a positive attitude. And Arielle gave us many tremendous ideas on manifesting. You know, things like feelingizations and acting as if and all of that. That's all part of it as well. So it's just holding that intention, you know, that clear thought in your mind, like the soulmate, you know, as she was explaining that she's created with the soulmate kit, just knowing that that dream will manifest. And I'm seeing it, and I'm feeling it, and I'm holding on tight just like the dog will with its bone. So
1: just like a dog, what is the importance of learning new tricks to continue to persist in creating our dreams?
0: Well, you think of a a puppy, and uh, I've had a number of different puppies. We've always had dogs in my life. When you get a puppy, the opportune time to Train a puppy is when they're young, of course, and you want to teach them certain things like doing their business outside. You certainly don't want them to do it inside. Well, I believe that us humans, we're very much like that. The opportune time for us to learn is when we're younger or when we're young. Now, that's not when we learn how to be successful and how to express love and how to have faith and how to be confident and believe in ourselves, And we're not taught all those things at a young age. What happens is as we get older and if we tend to create baggage or, or beliefs that don't support us, and Arielle had talked about her childhood and I had very much the same type of childhood. I had a, a negative childhood. I, you know, didn't foster or feel a lot of love in my life and I became very sad and insecure and had lots of anger. And, and so it was ni- I was 19 years of age when I... Started to learn some new concepts, you know, started to really dig into this world of self development and the opportunities that we have in front of us. So, obviously, you know, I was a little bit older, but I believe that if we decide, you know, if we decide, it doesn't matter how old you are, if, if you're still breathing, if you decide you'd like to have some kind of a positive change in your life, it's not too late. We can teach an old dog new tricks, and what I'm talking about is really learning and finding the tricks of success. You know, Arielle, I mean, she's given us so many great examples, talked about her 80-year-old mother-in-law. So here she's 80 years of age and decides that she's going to attract, using these manifestation techniques that she's learned from her daughter-in-law, to attract a soulmate into her life, which she did. And so I think that's a perfect example, and that's what I'm talking about, in be a dog with a bone, that we can be an old dog, and we can learn new tricks of success.
1: And how do we begin to teach ourselves these new tricks, since really the self-love was also brought up and is an important element that you mentioned with great humor and lightheartedness (laughs) in Be a Dog with a Bone?
0: That is a beautiful question, and I believe the answer to that is to learn from others. So there's so much, there's just a wealth of information, and and I'm not talking about necessarily buying books, although buying books is a fabulous thing to do because there's so much information that you can get for such a small amount of money. I mean you can buy a book for ten dollars or sixteen dollars and it's like sometimes I'll say to people, you know, is it worth it for you to attract your soulmate into your life for twenty five dollars? Well of course it is.
2: And, uh-huh. so, and
0: so I think it's really important to invest in ourselves and seek out the wisdom from those that have already blazed the trail and learned it for us. You know, Perhaps they've had failures and learned from those failures, and we can learn from that. We can learn from those examples. Lots of information, fabulous stuff available in books and, of course, available in audio programs, at seminars, and online. I mean, online, there's so much available that doesn't cost anything. That's free. So there's a lot of resources, strategies, techniques. So I suggest learn from others.
1: And each of us will do that in our individual ways, but just to really keep ourselves open to the idea that others may teach us glimpses of truth that can help us along our own path.
0: That's right. You know, and be a dog with a bone. I talk about learning from dogs, and and of course, my dogs have been great teachers. And I have 14 chapters in here talking about many great lessons that we can learn from dogs. But my son, Michelle, he's 16 years of age right now. He's one of my greatest teachers. And I remember when he was young and he'd say something like, Why are you acting like that? You know, just in a very innocent way. And you know, just sort of reminding reminding me of, Oh yeah, you know, that's probably not the, the most loving way or the, the kindest way or whatever. I'm just he's such a tremendous free spirit of love that just reflects back to you, hey, you know what? you might want to look at it this way, or you may want to try it another way. And, you know, sometimes I'll say to him, where did you get that from? And, uh-huh. and, and he'll respond to me and say, duh, who's my mother? And, and so he's, he's telling me he's learning it from me, and, and, I'm, and I'm seeing that I'm learning it from him, and maybe that's just the way that it is, but we can learn from so many ways. And you know what I also believe? A lot of the answers are within us, and we've just forgotten. We've simply forgotten
1: those reminders, from, especially from furry creatures. And I want to mention that in Be a Dog with a Bone, Always Go for Your Dreams, it's such a lighthearted approach that I feel this book would be great for even teens yeah. or um, youth who are searching for themselves because of course, of course when you're a teenager in that essence of self-discovery, the last thing you want is somebody telling you what you should do, how you should do it, when you should do it, how you should think about it. And in Be a Dog with a Bone, Peggy, you do a great job in the metaphor of always using the dogs to set the illustration, allowing each person to pull the principle and lesson through their own unique lens of perception.
0: And you know, I think it's really important also to to have fun. You know what? And enjoy the journey. And one of the things that I was really you know, sort of set as far as my intention when I was writing *Be a Dog with a Bone* is to ensure there was lots of humor in there, and there are. I found some funny stories, and of course, I've got some great cartoons in there. And I'm constantly receiving either emails or cards or phone calls from people that tell me that they laugh and smile all the way through the book, and that warms my heart.
1: Absolutely, I couldn't agree with them more.
0: <laughs>
1: it is an absolutely fantastic read, and when when you leave or when you set the book down, it's like the vibration is resonating with me and I feel the love of the creatures. And, of course, I'm I'm not a dog person. I am a cat person because I move too much.
2: So.
0: <laughs> but just, you know,
1: that essence of the furry the furry unconditional love.
0: Oh, I love so, cats too. You know, oh,
1: yes. <laughs> they're, they're
0: wonderful creatures.
1: Emanating that unconditional essence for our, our reminder. As you had mentioned, we all need those reminders. <laughs> That's it. So in the book, you mentioned something that I think we all encounter, and you you market it as don't chase your tail. What do you mean by that, since I know we all encounter this? Oh,
0: that's right. Yeah, I was reminded of, uh, you've seen a dog, I'm sure, where they're chasing their tail, and you look at them and go, why are they doing that? (laughs) I really have to wonder, is there some sort of value in that? I, I think it's a really funny Funny thing to do, but we do it us humans do it all the time i 'm not talking about spinning around in circles, trying to bite your pocket, but what what we do is we tend to do things that are getting us nowhere you know tend to do things over and over again that produce no results and I remember a number of years ago I was in sales and I would be pursuing a particular client and and I sort of had my mindset that this was this individual was the contact person that I needed to reach. And i try and reach them and try and reach them. And i go months, you know, just trying to reach this person, basically, you know, spinning my, my wheels or chasing my tail until I finally get a hold of them and say, look, I'm not the person you need to talk to. You know, it's oh. someone else. And, and so it's just that type of thing. You know, if you notice that you've been doing certain things over and over again and they're not getting you the results that you want, then maybe you're chasing your tail.
1: I recall in the book you used the quote, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. <laughs> That's
0: it, <laughs> precisely. I,
1: yes, yes. And then I also think a result of us um, chasing our tail that we that can help us bring an awareness if we aren't aware, in fact, that we are, in essence, spinning in circles, is um, you use the example of a dog biting electrical cords.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs>
1: and I th- I think that's a good point for us. Do you want to briefly mention that, that philosophy?
0: Yeah, it was my puppy. I had a puppy, and my puppy was, you know, obviously chewing on everything. That's usually what they do. They don't all do that, but this particular puppy was chewing on everything that she could get her little teeth into. And one of the things that she started chewing on were the electrical cords that, you know, had the television attached to the, the electrical <laughs> outlet on the wall. And, of course... You know, we stopped her from doing that and then she'd go back and start chewing on it again and we'd stop her again. And so we'd have to keep repeating this behavior until she finally got the message. But ultimately, if we had to let her chew and chew and chew, she would have uh-huh. had very curly hair. <laughs> you know, we stopped her from doing it before she hurt herself.
1: And that's what, it's bringing in that awareness to help ourselves identify that in fact we're creating the pain that we're experiencing.
0: That's it, Exactly.
1: So we all know that little dogs carry big dog attitudes. How can we learn from
0: this? (laughs) Yeah, well, one of my dogs, little Pablo, I mean, he's quite the character. There's a great YouTube video with him as well. If you go to YouTube and you can type in be a dog with a bone, you'll see Pablo there. He's quite adorable. It's a 56-second video, so I suggest that everyone checks that out. Pablo, you know, we'll take him for a walk, and he is not intimidated by a large dog whatsoever. He's just right over there, you know, heading straight over to to say hello and jump around and go for a, a play date or, or whatever and you know little dogs don't they don't think of size it's, they're not intimidated by it and so what i mean by that is that you know if if you you know feel you're inferior it, you know, it's just a matter of confidence you know really believing in yourself and if there's something that you really do want or have a desire for then then build that confidence with, within yourself and and go for it you know ask for what you want i have a chapter actually called bark for what you want which is an extension of that that idea as well but the little dog being a big dog attitude is just saying you know believe more in yourself than than uh, anyone else does and and really go for your dreams
1: And again, you use a fantastic um, analogy or an example with the bulldog in the (laughs) A-frame. Yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah, that was uh, Deneen. This is a, a lady who loves bulldogs. She breeds bulldogs, as a matter of fact, and her dog's name is Keaton and she had registered Keaton into agility training. And when she had registered her dog in agility training, she told some friends, hey, I'm registering my dog into agility training, or some people she was registering her dog. And they said, oh, what do you have, a Jack Russell Terrier or a Border Collie? I mean, they expected the typical type of dog that you would see in agility training. And agility training is where they go through all these loops and over A-frames and do all these incredible little tricks. And, And she said, no, my dog's a bulldog. It's Keaton the bulldog. And they said, what, a bulldog? and agility anyway so she gets keaton into the class and she's watching all the other owners with their dogs and the border collies and the jack russell terriers and they're doing all these great tricks and up and over and everybody's excelling and of course keaton is you know his his sort of uh, great claim to fame in the first few classes is just putting a paw on the first step and she's thinking oh well that's progress and And uh, and then at one point, she starts to think, you know, maybe maybe he can't do this. And (laughs) so she starts to develop that attitude. And I guess Keaton must have sensed it. And they were getting ready to leave the class. And she clipped the lead on Keaton. And he stopped. He wouldn't move. And she said, what's up? And so she took the lead off because she could tell he wanted to do something. And she took the lead off. And up and over, he went right over the A-frame as if to say, all right, you happy now? And uh and so like we can go and the next week he was up and over and doing all the other tricks and she said now Keaton is playing the piano. She said he's a pianist and so there you go. He's a dog who you know, a little little dog doing some amazing things that they never thought was possible.
1: Pursued what he had his mind set upon. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: That's
1: so great. So what is the first step? to recognizing a window of opportunity.
0: Oh, that's such a cute cute little example as well. That reminds me of my friend Cheryl, and she has this little dog named Holly, and, and Holly would go to the door as if to say, I want out, and so... Holly would go or Holly's owner, Cheryl, would go to the door and open open it up and Holly would just sit there and Cheryl's going, Well aren't you gonna go out? and Holly would just sit there and they'd be sort of looking at each other and then finally Cheryl would just get ready to close the door and Holly would just jot out. You know, she just sort of slip through the door. It's like a game's <laughs> playing. But it reminds me of windows of opportunity that, you know, sometimes we have these windows of opportunity, they're right in front of us and you know maybe we're shy, maybe we have fear or some other emotion, and we just let them close. You know, we let them go by, and of course, they will open again, or another one will open again. So, what I suggest is to just notice what you're feeling, and if you are feeling trepidation or some shyness, or, or perhaps some fear, just step forward, anyways. There's a chapter also in the book called Come Out of the Doghouse. You know, just come out of the doghouse, you know, just forge ahead and you know, take that step and just. Notice when the opportunities are there. There's opportunities everywhere. It's like even now with the economic situation the way it is, there's brand new opportunities popping up all over the place. There's people that are making a fortune. And I believe that we need to just, number one, decide, okay, they're out there. I know they're out there, and I'm open to them. I'm open to receiving them. And and then you just start to look. You start to notice them, and and you'll start to see them.
1: That brings up some important principles that you mention in the book about the first step is really being clear about what you want. Yeah. And then you say to be very positive, to keep that vibration up. And then the third step was to write the goal as it has already been achieved, therefore in the present tense. That's it. So how do those three principles m- mesh through the entire book, Be a Dog with the Bones?
0: Well, it's, just, it's really a matter of – see, the universe is, is, is a machine that will grant your wishes – now, I'm not saying you can go on top of the Empire State Building and say, I wish to fly, and you're going to jump off, and you're going to fly. Obviously, there's some, there's some things that were limited as far as doing, but I really believe that you know, we, can't. we want a soulmate, we can have a soulmate. We want a successful business, we can have a successful business. You want a New York Times bestseller, you can manifest a New York Times bestseller. And we don't have to know how. That's not our responsibility. The universe will manifest it. Now, we do have other responsibilities. We have the responsibility to decide what we want. And Arielle talked about making a list, and that's the same type of idea. Make a list of what is it that you want to have in your life. But I suggest writing it down in the present tense. So if you see yourself as being a best-selling author, say, I am so happy and so grateful now that I'm a New York Times best-selling author. And you really feel it. And how it really integrates with all the other messages in Be a Dog with a Bone is understanding that the way you treat others is what's going to come back to you. So drool into others as you would drool into others. Come on of the doghouse if you're feeling fearful and, and you know, if you feel you've reached the end of your leash, go further. That's when you think that you've just you've got to give up and just go a little bit further. And then of course, it's you know, keep your nose wet, stay healthy, slap up your success and celebrate and and just continue to forge on because we've got that great opportunity in front of us and and uh, I believe that if we have a dream, we do have the ability to achieve it.
1: We are speaking with author Peggy McCall about her latest book, Be a Dog with a Bone. Always go for your dreams. You can find Peggy on the web at www.destinies.com. There's some great information on the website, including some PDF articles, the Press Center with audio access, also her author services and coaching you to success, along with a store that offers products and some great resources. Again, that's www.destinies.com. So Peggy, what is the importance of gratitude and humor during the process of achieving one's dreams?
0: Oh, I think they're vitally important. There's a chapter in Be a Dog with a Bone called Wag Your Tail, you know, about being happy and showing appreciation. They're such tremendously powerful emotions. It's like when you're feeling appreciation and you're giving appreciation, your life will appreciate. And so giving gratitude and feeling good and expressing that love and sending it out to the world will come just storming back to you in such a beautiful way.
1: And how is unlimited potential related to the dogma of success?
0: Well, unlimited potential means that, you know, we, we're, really, we're really operating at such a fraction of what we are you know, that we have as far as our potentiality. And, and just recognizing that we're, you know, we, we're either growing or we're dying. We're either expanding or we're declining. And so it's always our opportunity. It's always our choice to choose, you know, what, what am I going to do? Am I going to grow today? Am I going to become more today than I was yesterday? And that's really what it is. It's like a journey. You know, they say success isn't the destination. It's really the journey of just enjoying and experiencing and and, you know, pushing yourself a little bit further than you did yesterday and and enjoying it all while you're going for those dreams.
1: We're speaking with Peggy, author of Be a Dog with a Bone, an inspirational book for both personal and professional success, highly inspirational, motivating, full of lightheartedness, and offers some techniques, ideas, and tools to help one access their true potential, a great read for all ages. So I'd like to thank you, Peggy, for coming on this evening. Thank you for your time. And we so appreciate you joining us on Evolution Revolution.
0: My absolute pleasure. Thank you.
1: Thank you. So we look forward to hearing from you about some your next books. You have one already set up for coming out in September. We'd love to have you back to talk about that.
0: I would love it.
1: Great, great. So let's definitely stay in touch and we will let everyone know the date that you'll be back to talk about that.
0: That would be great. Thank you so much.
1: Wonderful. Thank you, Peggy. To create the desires in your life, whether your desires are to attract your soulmate or to launch your dreams, the first step is to recognize your desires. And after recognizing them, accepting the ways that you can proactively create the desirable within your experience. You do deserve to experience only the best, whatever that may look like for you. So begin today by creating the vision in your mind's eye of your greatest version of yourself and you will begin to attract that very experience right into your life. Remember, you are the master creator and by aligning with universal laws, with optimism and love, you can expect the miraculous. Next week on January 29th, Egan Sanders will appear with his fascinating new book release, The Magic Box which is an inspiring story about the mysterious process of how our deepest desires come into being via the law of attraction and includes a how-to guide to manifesting your heart's desires. On February 5th, Dr. Daniel Condren will remind us of the wise formula for inner success and divine balance in his latest book release, The Still Mind, Present Moment, and Open Heart. Daniel explores how less thinking and more alignment with universal stillness enhances conscious choices and results in the stillness of the mind. On February 12th, Dr. Stephen Farmer will appear with his latest book, Release Earth Magic. And also to include our upcoming lineup, Karen Anderson, Dr. Eric Pearl, Stephen Lewis, Barbara Marks Hubbard, Neil Donald Walsh, Carol Obley, Dr. Amit Goswami. Janine Kimmel and Amber Hinton, Dr. Teresa Martin and Dr. Christine Madar, Lee Gertz, Patricia Bish, Ruth Probst, Barbara Hanclough, Matt Zoe, and more. You can purchase all of the author's books featured on Evolution Revolution at www.amazon.com or link up to their individual websites through the Evolution Revolution homepage at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. Please join me in the upcoming weeks on the revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution for some exciting guests and uplifting inspiration which can be further explored under the upcoming guests on the homepage. Additionally, please explore the Evolution Revolution Archive shows with inspirational authors that can be found on the Evolution Revolution homepage and the Radio Archives 2007-2008 tab, Within the website or all episodes, of course, are available for free in the iTunes store by searching Evolution Revolution Podcast. The archived shows are available 24 hours a day to listen to or for downloading at no charge and include amazing talent such as Bob Gabeline, Eliza Matadalion, Richard Lawrence, Robert Friedman, Chrissy Blaze, Barbara Marks Hubbard, Barbara Han Clau, Dr. Amiko Swami, Gary Zukoff and Linda Francis, Dr. Adrian Windsor, Neil Donald Walsh, Charles Virtue, David Robert Ord, and more. Please share Evolution Revolution with others who may desire to join us in the future for an enlightening experience. I am a metaphysical teacher, healer, and spiritual counselor who offers clairvoyant readings and teleclasses via phone allowing me to connect with people anywhere. Please visit my website at www.dulcinea'sdivinevision.com under the services and events page which includes client testimonials and a wealth of information. A divine and spiritually enlightening experience awaits you. Also, please explore my blog at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.blogspot.com for weekly postings and guest announcements for Evolution Revolution. Co-create with Evolution Revolution. We are seeking partners to help Evolution Revolution evolve and expand to even more people across the globe. If you are interested in partnering and supporting the rapid development of Evolution Revolution, Please explore the Evolution Revolution tab at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. I look forward to hearing from you about the infinite possibilities to co-create in the highest light and with the grandest intentions. Thank you for joining Evolution Revolution this evening with my honored guests, Arielle Ford and Peggy McCall. Much gratitude to you for listening and supporting the revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution Radio. I wish you all abundant peace, joy, miracles, and love today and always. Happy New Year's 2009. Create a most miraculous life this year. Abundant angel
0: blessings. Good night.